0: Welcome to the Transformation Church podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. This morning, we're going to talk about a hot topic word in our society. Oh, I got everybody's attention now. The hot topic word in our society today is identity. In political circles, it's termed identity politics. It's the ability to define yourself with a group of people with similar political views. In educational circles, it's called academic or scholarly identity. The ability to define yourself based off of your academic achievements. There's occupational identity. It's when you identify yourself based on your performance at work, your position, your titles. In social circles, it is social identity. That's when you identify yourself based off of the people you do life with. You have surrounded yourself with relationships and a group of people. It's where you find your marriage, where you say, I am a wife, I am a husband. There's a term called cultural identity. For those of you that were not born in the United States of America, it's with the ability to define yourself based off of your nationality, based off of your ethnicity, maybe based off of your social class. And this all cumulates into one grand thing called identity achievement. Psychologists say that this is when you have discovered who you truly are, your likes, your passions, your beliefs, your joys. A study was done in 2016 that said that identity achievement comes together at the age of 42. I don't know about any of y'all, but I'm three from 50 and I'm still looking, Statistically, based on their study, the majority of people, male and female, will have discovered their identity achievement, the things that make them happy, who they really are by the age of 42. And friends, can I tell you, the difficulty that we find in this society today is that we are labeling ourselves and we are seeking for our identity based off of things that are not consistent. What happens when the political party that we have assigned ourselves with for years and years begins to operate in a way that is against the biblical truths that are in the word of God, which we are seeing on both sides of the aisle right now. What happens when our identity is in our job, in our occupation, and we lose that job with the corner office? We no longer have the title that we had before. What happens when we identify ourselves based on our social surroundings by the people that we do life with and all of the sudden, our friend group dissipates? We don't have the people around us like we did before. What happens when our marriage begins to dissolve? You're probably like, well, gee, Andrea, thanks. It's Mother's Day. This sounds super encouraging. I'm just here for a free cookie. Let me tell you today, friend, if we do not set boundaries around our identity, if we don't allow ourselves, based off of the word of God, to set boundaries about who we are, what will define us will become what we see ourselves and what others see in us. It will be determined and it will determine the reflection that we see every day in the mirror let's pray father this morning for those of us that are struggling with who we are in you help us today to recognize inside of ourselves what we are allowing to define us Open your word to us today. May we see the reflection that you have for us in the mirror. May we see who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up in Maine. You know, I talked about um, your nationality defining you, but, you know, if you came from... Who who are my northerners? Who are my Yankees that are in the the room? Yeah, what about the Midwestern people? You were born and raised in the Midwest. What about our West Coast people? Okay, so... So even the places that we are raised and born, even in the United States, shape us and our culture and shape our identity. I grew up in Maine. And so we had this place right down from our right down from our church in Maine, right off of Route One in Scarborough, and it was called Fun Town USA. It was a small amusement park. It looked nothing like what you see in Orlando or even what you see north in Valdosta. It was very, very small. And I loved this place. My parents would take us there. It was very cheap at the time. You got little tickets, right? And you could have every many tickets you bought were, that determined how many rides you got to ride. And I loved to ride the merry-go-round, the carousel that would go around. You got to jump on the horse and, or the little animal that was there. And one of the things that they had in the merry-go-round is they had these like oval mirrors And so they were positioned at different heights in the center of the merry-go-round. So when you would go up, you could see yourself in the mirror. And when you would go down, maybe you could see yourself coming back in another mirror. The fun part about it is that it was kind of a funhouse mirror. It was a little distorted. So you didn't know how you were going to look. Maybe it was going to make you look super small or really big. Kind of like this one here. So, oh. (laughs) Um. This is a a a beveled mirror. Oh, I look really weird. Y'all don't look weird. Y'all look great, but I I look kind of distorted in this mirror. Everything's kind of pushed down. And what if this was the reflection that I looked at this morning when I was trying to put on my makeup or? Oh, I got some flyaways. I need some, I need some serum right there. What, what if this was the mirror that I was looking at and it was all distorted? See, when we look at our identity based off of something that is distorted and we don't see that this is truly how we look, then this will become our reality. The mirror of the fun house The reflection of this looks okay if I I don't know anything else, but see, I I had a, a normal mirror this morning when I got up and I got ready. See, if we allow ourselves to have a reflection that is not based on the word of God, it will be distorted. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, what reflection do you see with your identity? When you look in the mirror, do you see the reflection of your past hurts and failures? See, sometimes when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror, what we see staring back at us are the hurts of our past and the failures, the choices that we have made. We cannot let it go. And so it becomes our identity if we don't set boundaries around our past hurts, if we don't set boundaries around our past mistakes, every time we look in the mirror, that is all we see. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. How do we view ourselves? How do we view our identity? Is it based off of the hurts of our past? Have we chosen not to forgive? Have we chosen to allow the victimization that happened to us shape us in a way that we carry it every day of our life? Have we allowed the choices of our life? Maybe we've made choices to have an abortion. Maybe we've made choices to leave our family. Maybe we made choices to cheat on our spouse. Maybe we made choices to cheat at our job and that's all we see in the mirror. When we look and we wake up, it's the only reflection that we see. Friend, the word of God says that if you are in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If we don't set that boundary in our life, that we're not going to allow the past, and we're not going to allow our sin and our mistakes that is now covered under the blood of Christ. If we don't allow that to infiltrate our identity, instead, we will become a new Christian. That old things will have passed away. Behold, my life is brand new. It's a battle between the old and the new. When you look in the mirror of identity, sometimes instead of your past hurts, and your failures, you see your heritage and your accomplishments. See, this mirror of identity reflection isn't just the bad that happens to us, but it's the good we think we've accomplished. See, if I look in this and I see my heritage and my family line and I see my accomplishments, that's not reality. Because what will happen is I will base my life on who I am in culture and who I am based off of what I've done. The Apostle Paul addressed this. See, this is called pride. See, the one before is is that victim mentality, but don't get it wrong. Sometimes we can have some pride in our life where we can pat ourselves on the back and say, this is what we have done. The Apostle Paul shares with the church in Philippi the accomplishments of his past. He addresses the fact of what his life was like before he met Christ. In Philippians chapter three, I want you to look at this with me. Philippians chapter three, verse five. Paul begins to give us his resume. He said, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Him saying this says that his family, they went to church every week. They followed this from front to back. He was a man of the law, but so were his parents. He says, I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. That's his nationality. And I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. That was his pedigree. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one, he said. He said, I was a member of the Pharisees. That's his accomplishment. See, the Pharisees had a seat at the political table. It wasn't just a pastor. It was someone who had a voice into the political culture of that day. He said, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous. This is his work ethic, his passion. He said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, he says, I obeyed the law without fault. That was his religion. I obeyed the law. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. My pedigree goes way back. I accomplished something where I can sit at the table of political figures and people came to me when they needed religious advice. But Paul goes on and he says that for him, and this is what he did, and we know this because we we hear it throughout his writings, he was viewing himself, his identity was based off of what he had accomplished. Because he was bragging at the time before he got saved that he would kill Christians, anyone who believed different, from the law. But Paul says this in verse 7. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I would gain Christ and become one with him. If we aren't careful to set boundaries around our identity, we will allow our accomplishments, our heritage, what we have seen and experienced in our life, our successes, to define us. There's a problem with that, friend. Because in the moments when all hell comes against us and our family, it doesn't matter our pedigree. It doesn't matter our heritage. It doesn't matter who our moms and dads are. It doesn't matter the position or the title that we hold. You see, I grew up a Simmons. My dad was a, a pastor. They served God and served the church for years. In fact, 50 years of ministry, and he finally retired for the first time. We're still trying to get him retired for the second. They taught me the word of God and they taught me how to love people. They taught me how to serve the church and serve his people. But on July 16th, 2004, when I was standing in Central Florida Regional Hospital, holding my beautiful 10-day-old baby the doctor comes in and says, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Kramer. Jordan's spinal tap has come back with bacteria and infection all through her spinal column. Usually they have to wait three days to put it in the, the dish to see if, if it grows any bacteria. And he, he said, when we pulled it out of her spine, the syringe was full at 10 days old. I've told this story countless times and I don't know why, I, I've never really looked up what spinal meningitis, it, I, I knew what it was. But last night, I, um, WebMD, sometimes y'all should we should never go on that. I mean, I have the app on my phone, but. The results of spinal meningitis are death within 24 hours. And if not, severe brain damage. Last night I sat in my chair and I just wept. And this morning, as my daughter Jordan sang, that she knows who she is in Christ the gratefulness of this mama's heart. Because in that moment when the doctor told me, we don't know if she's gonna make it, I didn't go to the Lord as a Simmons. I didn't say, well, Lord, you know that my parents serve you. You know that I'm a a pastor and my husband's a pastor and we give our tithe every week and I'm a worship pastor and I've lived my life trying to live by the things that you said in your word. I didn't go to the Lord on my accomplishments. I went to the Father And I dropped to my knees as his daughter in desperation that I could not stand on my own, but instead I put in his hands, the one with infinite wisdom, the only one that could heal. I put in his hands, my little girl. Let me tell you why it's important to have boundaries around your identity. Because When you define yourself by your accomplishments and your heritage or your hurts or your pains or your failures, when the rubber meets the road and your world begins to crumble and your children aren't serving the Lord and your marriage has fallen apart and you can't pay your bills and the doctor's report comes back with devastating news, the only thing that you can hang on and hold on to and stand on is that you are a child of the Most High God. Our identity is under attack. We are children of God. When we come before Him, and I and I think that this it changed me. Can I tell you that day changed me? As a mom it changed me because I realized how fragile our lives are. See friends, you are not promised tomorrow. I am not promised tomorrow. My children are not promised tomorrow. Jordan wasn't promised tomorrow. The doctor told me, he said, we'll know in a couple years how this has affected her mentally. He said, we'll know in a couple years how she, the fevers and the infection, because it was all into her, her, it was in her spinal column, all into her, the fluid that was in her brain. At 10 days old. He said, we'll know in a couple years how it affects her. That day changed me. Did I have faith to believe that my God could heal my daughter? Absolutely. Did I know what the end result was going to be? I did not. It changed how I lived my everyday life because this is a thing. My family, things that were important before, they they were not important anymore. I choose to love my family and my husband every day because we're not promised tomorrow. What if we lived our life outside of the drama that something tragically could happen in our life and the next day, the ones that we love the most are not with us, but still I am standing because my identity isn't wrapped in that. My identity is wrapped in him. When we look into the mirror, sometimes we see the reflection of, of the opinions and the expectations of others. What happens when we've looked into this mirror and what other people say we're supposed to be? That's who we try to become. See, we can look in this mirror, this reflection, and and we can see our hurts and our failures. We can see our accomplishments and our heritage. And we can see what other people think we should be. Funny story, you probably guys need it now because it's just Mother's Day, you know. It's a little intense for Mother's Day. Don't worry, we really do have free cookies for you ladies when we leave a funny story. I I was in a sorority at at Lee University and and there was this uh, young woman that was the same age as me, gorgeous. In fact, her nickname was Cindy Crawford. Um, That was her sorority nickname, just beautiful. And she was extremely polished and she was one of the kindest young women I had ever met. And She was so proper. And when she talked to you, it was very clear and concise and very calm, very much the opposite of who I am. (laughs) And I looked at Kristen and I was like, I want to be like that. I want to be calm and demure. I want to be relaxed. That's that's not a thing that I find in my life very much. In fact, uh, Ryan actually went out on a date with her. I know. (laughs) after he got saved uh, he asked her out on a date and the two of them went out and he said I said well well how was it you know this was years later after we started I'm like well how was it and he goes babe she talks less than me She said, he said, it was the most awkward thing. He said, we sat there and we're both trying to have conversation and neither of us know how to talk. I said, well, guess what, babe? I know how to talk. (laughs) See, I tried so hard to be like Kristen. I tried so hard to be like her and then all of a sudden the real me just kept exploding out. See, the expectation of what you think that a pastor's wife should look like, I'm probably not that. I came today in my cutoff jeans and my flip-flops. But see, when we allow others' expectations and opinions to begin to shape our identity, you know what we do? We lose the personality and the, the wonderfulness of God's variety that he places in each, inside each and every one of us. You see, you moms are not supposed to mom and be a mother like I am. Maybe you're that demure, you have everything together, everything is Pinterest perfect. Or maybe you're more like me, <laughs> who at the end of the day, is everyone still here? Everyone get fed? No, you didn't get fed, we'll feed you. Like, That's my way of parenting and mothering is I am me. When we allow the expectations of others to invade our identity, we begin to play a role and play a part. The funny thing about Kristen is she ended up marrying my cousin and he's just like me. When you look in the mirror and you see the reflection, what do you see? How do you set boundaries around your identity to become who God has created you to be with the personality he's created you to have? See, he's wonderfully and beautifully diverse. He's made us different colors and different talents and different personalities and different gifts to give the body of Christ. And maybe your gift is a gift of excellence that you can see the things that are wrong and you can make them all right. Maybe your gift is encouragement that you can see the person that's down and you can speak a word of love and kindness to them to encourage them and give them hope. If you don't set boundaries around that identity and you allow these things to dictate who you are, you will miss out, we will miss out on the great gift that you have to give the body of Christ. James chapter one, verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it they will be blessed in all that they do Allow the word of God to be the reflection, the mirror that you stare into to see your true identity of who you are. Believe me, friend, there will be words of encouragement in here that says that you are you are the light of God. There will be correction in here that says, do not be angry and don't sin in your anger. There will be places in here that will inspire you to continue on, to find your purpose if you look in the mirror and you study it intently not based off of what I see around here but this is who you've called me to be this is what you've called me to do David says it this way and I'm closing Psalm 139 for you created my innermost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. To you ladies who this morning Kim was speaking to, that you're struggling with infertility, I have to tell you, Ryan and I lost three babies. We struggled for five years to have Jeremiah, lost two before him and one in between Journey and Jordan. Mother's Day was tough. Baby dedications were hard. But I have to say, that he brought me through the disappointment and the pain and the hurt, and the moments where I struggled with, Lord, if this isn't what you want for me in my life, take it away, take this desire away, find a different way for me to be a mom. Ladies, if that's you today, he hears you. He sees you. You are not hidden by Him. Lean into Him and say, if nothing else, I am a daughter of the Most High God. This morning, if your children are not serving the Lord, I am praying for them. There's not a, a Sunday that goes by that when I stand over there, I don't begin to intercede for your children. That they will be raised in the ways of God. They will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Don't give up hope, mama. Continue to pray. Keep praying for your babies. And for those of you, precious women, this morning, your children are no longer with you. God sees the brokenhearted. He is close and very near to the broken. Allow yourself to grieve this morning, and allow yourself to have the hope of knowing that one day you will see your children again. See, Mother's Day is is tough for some of us. It's exciting for some of us. And the Lord knows. He sees what we walk through. And like David said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 16 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He knew your today. He wrote your today. He saw your today that you'd be sitting here in this moment. And this morning, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. There's a moment today where you can lay aside all your past hurts and failures and you can come before the one that created you and begin to live the life he ordained for you. With every head bowed, eye closed, this morning if that's you, with no one looking around, if you desperately desire to allow the Lord to save your life, to save your soul. Today is your day. With no one looking around, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up so I know who I'm praying for this morning. Yes, anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? If you need to come back to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, if that's you today, just lift your hand. You are not alone, friend. Yes, anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Yes, anyone else? Church family, from what I could see, we had five lift their hands this morning. Can we say this out together and say it loud? And if you lifted your hands, you're not going to say it alone. But let's profess with our mouth. Let's say it with our mouth how much we need Jesus and accept him into our heart. Church family, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I know I'm in sin, but you can forgive it. I ask you now, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and let me see my identity through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we rejoice this morning? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.